Cool, go get in the car. And I was like, oh god, white trash. We here we come. But <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I am Kelton. What's up, everybody? Oh my god, they were roommates. I wanted to ask you the question that has launched 1,000 podcasts. And I'm going to make a little bit of a tweak to the question. So think about it carefully. Imagine you're in your local two-story mall, right? And here's your challenge. You have from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., so all day, the mall is closed. If you had to fight 1,000 first graders, and if you could survive and win within that 12-hour period... You'd win a million dollars. Do you think you could do it if you didn't have access to any kind of weapons? Wow. What a question. So the mall I'm in is I'm in the Provo City Center Mall. Okay. Provo City Center. Perfect. It's like it's like the south end of town. And it is it used to be like the hot spot. Like that's where whenever I I live in a town south of Provo, about thirty minutes, and you would drive north up to Provo. And so everyone in Nephi just says I'm heading up north and when you head up north you're going to provo that's just kind of what it means and so for my whole childhood going into high school you went up north and you went to the south town provo mall that mall my memory the only thing i can think of is the food court and the spencer's gift shop because i could never go in the spencer's <laughs> gift shop <laughs> and so i think i'd have to take refuge in the spencer's gift shop hoping that uh, the obscene things in aisle three would keep some of the first graders at bay keep you safe okay <laughs> Maybe- <laughs> maybe pull a, a something off the wall and and i guess this if you barricade we've been watching uh the walking dead quite a bit uh-huh. and i i would put a walker on the same level as like a first grader like kind of dumb kind of slow yeah and the way that they basically but overwhelming in numbers is, yeah that's yeah that a thousand is a lot like it is and it isn't because if you think of like a football stadium that can be upwards of 50 to a hundred thousand so Thousand people comparatively to that, that's just like a small little section. A thousand first graders, I feel like I could barricade pretty easy. And, and so, what's the, the goal again? I have to just survive for 24 hours? So, you have to beat all of them up and not be beat up yourself. And you have 12 hours to oh. do it. But you can't use any weapons found in the mall. Do you think you're, Ow. you could physically do it? Yeah, I was thinking about this all wrong. I was just, I was thinking about. Barricade is all about long-term survival, so I think you're on the right track as far as apocalypse goes, which, you know, we might be on our way there, so. <laughs> I, I think you'd have, to, you'd have to funnel them. I don't think you could take a 1,000 all at one time, so you'd have to funnel them, so there, there'd be a barricade system. Then, if it's a two-story mall. I feel like you could like, kind of funnel them through the escalators and just toss one off one there at a time. There you go. Arms are going to be sore. Pretty morbid, but I think I could do it. What about what about you? What's your strategy there? <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking kind of the same thing. Like you just got to keep moving. Don't let them like pile up too much in any given place. But I don't know that I could do it. Like realistically, um, Serena's been training for a half marathon, and she is just she's running like crazy, and she's it's got me thinking like how far can I run and how how, how healthy am I? And the answer is not healthy. I can run about a mile before I start wishing that I was dead. So I imagine twelve hours of cardio on top of you know, you got to get like, you don't want to waste too much energy. So if you're swinging at these kids, they've got to be solid jaw shots, put them out instantly kind of moves. And I don't know that there's any professional fighter in the world that can swing for 12 straight hours while running 
and still be okay. So I don't, I don't know. I'd like to think that I'm like capable enough. And I think if I planned it like yours and kind of funneled them, then there's a, there's a chance, but who knows? Ah, dude, that is a, it's a wild scenario. I, I don't want to put myself in a position beating up first graders, you know, but I do. I, I like the idea of being like pushed beyond your limits. Mm-hmm. Like, like physically, like I would, I want to have that experience. It's like, I, I feel like you get that early on in your childhood a lot. <laughs> like oh, yeah. for some reason we just like let kids play football or let them do all these, these types of things where adults are pushing them well beyond their limits. Like I remember one time, like in a football practice, I had thrown my guts up. Like I was done, done. And they just like, they push you beyond that. Keep and it's, going. you don't get that in a, you don't get it in adulthood. And like, especially physically, like I'm a blob of jello. I sit on my butt, like. 12 hours of the day but <laughs> yeah I, I i would like that experience i we just recently watched a um like a special forces training where they just take a bunch of celebrities and throw them into a, a it's like a green beret training oh yeah yeah yeah. i saw advertisements yeah, advertisements for that and they drop out like flies and it's i guarantee like a thousand times easier than the actual version of it but i would love like an experience like that i, mm. I think that'd be pretty sick yeah you you should consider doing um the tough mutter my dad did that and like Mm. it's it's a run like you got to train for it and stuff but there's like all these additional obstacles and stuff and like things that are kind of ridiculous like he was telling us um there's like wires that they'll hang down that are like live wires and as you are crawling through like the mud or whatever it's like shocking you in the back or he was like yeah there's this one part where you literally have to run through like a set of arches and all the wires are hanging in front of you and like one of the wires like hit him so hard that he like just locked up and fell over like in the middle of the tough mutter you should do something like that (laughs) Yeah, geez, that sounds crazy. It, it reminds me. Have you ever heard of the Iron Cowboy? He does the the Iron Man's, right? Yeah. Or is that a, a race? So no, yeah, it's it's that one guy. I think his name's James something. Mm-hmm. But the Iron Cowboy, that guy, he he's he lives in the area around where I'm from, and uh, he ran a hundred triathlons, hundred days straight. Ugh. I'm like, I mind-blowing like yeah. i just can't imagine but his mental limit to like go beyond that cr- so crazy Astonishing. and I, i've like read read some of his stuff and list, listened to some of his stuff and his whole thing is like i don't think i'm really that special he's like i just my brain and the way i'm wired is like i just know that i don't have limits he's like i can just push beyond that and i'm like oh be so cool to tap into that but like i don't know if i i have it i think the second i get shocked by the tough mutter <laughs> wire hanging down i'm like i'm done like, all right this is over <laughs> i'm going home Where's my couch? Yeah. Do you know what memmy means in the Urban Dictionary? M-E-M-M-Y? Yeah. No. Okay, so the other day, I have a New Year's resolution. The, oh, yeah, we were going to talk about this. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to bring that up in a minute. Finish your story. Okay, okay. All right. Well, maybe you should set it up because then it will, it'll be a good segue. Okay, okay, okay. What are some of your resolutions and how are you doing on them so far now that we're halfway through the first month? Yes. So I do have three resolutions. Uh, the first one being I'd like to support more. I would like to support friends business every month of the year. So I'm going to choose at least one of my friends. And if I don't have 12 friends with 12 different businesses, I will go back and resupport my friends that do have businesses. But that's why you bought one of my shirts. Of them. I did. So I knew that this was kind of coming up and I was like, I need to do the grand reveal. I was hoping I would have it by, by now, but I ordered too late because uh, I at putting it off. So I, uh, I am supporting my first friend's business. And so Mimit with your, uh, streaming, you have your new store and your stuff is sick. You want to tell, tell the listeners a little bit about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just, I designed a lot of, uh, merch 
for my stream. And I have like themed nights that I do. And so some of them are kind of themed towards what I stream and other ones are kind of just designs that I thought were cool and that I would wear. Um, so typically on like Mondays, I play RPG games. On Tuesdays, we watch anime as a, as a community. Like I'll turn it on and stream it and we kind of just do live reactions. On Wednesday, it's kind of a variety night, so it changes a lot. And then on Saturday, I play scary games, and it's called Spooky Saturday. So um, there's different designs and stuff that are on the store available, you know, based on those themes. And so I I got me a super extra large uh, long sleeve shirt. I love long sleeve shirts. I love them baggy. So I'm excited to get my my gear, and hopefully next week I'll be wearing it. But that was one of my resolutions. I am doing. 100 percent. i'm batting a thousand right now Boom. as far as supporting my business my friend's business and uh i'll make sure you get a shout out and stuff i'm gonna post about my journey other friends i have like they have hunting businesses and i have a friend that does a snowmobile business and stuff so there's lots of varying interests out there that will be kind of fun to document that journey and then uh my other resolutions i got one spiritual resolution i'm just gonna read my scriptures and then uh my other my last one Oh my gosh. Oh, is I'm going to walk every day. So I, my father-in-law and I, uh, big thing that we like to do is we like to do overnighters. Um, so we probably went on four or five last, last year. And the last one we went on was like a seven miler up, seven mile back, 14 mile in total. And it killed me. Like it was bad, bad. Mm -hmm. I, it started raining in like the first 10 seconds and I got these fat blisters. And so uh. I blamed it on that. But yeah, it was, it was a rough one. So this year I'm going to start walking every day so that I can do more of that and not want to kill myself. And so far, okay, I think I've missed like a couple days, but let's keep pushing through. There I actually go. need to keep, I need to do it today. So hopefully I, I can keep up with it. It's, it's you, 9.40 you got any PM. Goals? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I it, It's bad because it's like, I don't like doing things that take me away from my family, but uh -huh. I have actually been doing things more recently. I don't know, I've been doing things that, I've just been breaking the norm because me and Chan, like we spend all day, every day, whenever we can together, but I've been spending a little bit more time doing the podcast, uh, do gaming with friends and stuff. And so the, the running thing, I try to not make it another thing. And so gotcha. I'll either do it late at night or I'll do it when Super she's gone or whatever. So, or, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I think those are perfect. And you were, you're doing significantly better than me because I also have three resolutions and two of them are not going well. I guess, I guess one <laughs> is not going well. One is okay. And then a third one, I'm like kind of on track, but not really. So uh, my first one, um, I want to stream 500 hours this year uh, just as a way to kind of grow my streaming side gig. Um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And so it's just like, why not go for it, you know? And I felt like I streamed a lot last year. And at the end of every year, you get like, it's sort of similar to the Spotify wrapped where they like send you all of your data or whatever. Um, the streaming platform that I use is like, hey, you went live this many times and for this many hours and, and all that stuff. And in all of 2022, apparently I only went live like 40 times. So it was like once every 10 days I was going live, something like that. It's like 8.9 or nine, nine days. It doesn't matter. So, um, I'm going to stream 500 hours this year to, uh, you know, to work on that. I wanted to go to the gym three times a week. Cause like you, I don't do that. And I have been a total of zero times so far this year. So I'm really killing that one. And then, uh, I want to read 12 books. And there's a, a childhood friend that I have that he does that resolution every year and he always posts, you know, he'll finish his book and he'll post like a review on his Instagram and it's really cool and it's something that I like actually value a lot in his content that he posts. And so um, I wanted to do a mix of fiction and nonfiction just so I'm kind of increasing my, you know, my knowledge or my mental ability a little bit, but also like taking breaks to have just like a, a goof around fun story. 
Uh, this month I'm reading A Brief, Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. And I don't know if you've read it or if you have a desire to read it. I know last time that you were in Arizona, we kind of sat outside my backyard and lit a fire and we're just looking up at the stars and stuff. But I am unhealthily obsessed with space and the physics of space and black holes specifically and how everything functions around me because it's just like the world is it's crazy <laughs> and there's there's so many things going on at one time it's just it's hard to understand and I want to have a better knowledge of it um, but I was reading actually on Wednesday and something that he put in the book kind of shattered my my reality a little bit and uh, I, I know you're familiar with with the story that that I'm gonna kind of break down but um, you know Galileo's famous experiment where he like goes up to the top of the tower of Pisa and he drops the lead balls down and like one's heavier than the other to show that like items of different weight will still fall at the same race or at the same rate until they hit terminal velocity and, and all that kind of stuff. That never happened. Not, not even a little bit of that story is true. What he actually did was he built a ramp, just a regular old ramp, and he rolled two balls down and showed that their increased acceleration at the same rate was evidence that they would fall at the same rate even if it was at a high, high location, which is, it's, it's really weird to, to me to think about that because I don't know why we would feel the need to like teach an allegory as fact because like in school that was like oh Galileo went up to the top of the tower of Pisa and then he dropped balls and then he proved that you know they, they fall at the same rate even if, even if they're different weights but in reality the experiment that he did could be like pretty easily reproduced in a classroom so I don't know why we don't just say the story of oh yeah he built a ramp and he rolled stuff down it and here we're going to do it as a class to show you how it works like that would just make so much more sense to me. So that like really shook my brain as far as like the American education system and why we bother to do things the way that we do. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting thing to look more into. Like I've seen things like that happen in the past and nine times out of 10, what it is is it's a, a marketer's approach to how does the story sell better? Mm -hmm. Like if it's, it's going to be more memorable of him climbing to the leaning tower pizza. Cause I could, I could visualize that one a lot more. And then like when you say, rolling a ball down the ramp it looks a, really different to a lot of different people the yeah. lean tower pizza i think is like a universally accepted like oh i can visually mm. see how that that's ah, big yes they fall <laughs> yeah oh yeah our, our chimpanzee <laughs> we're, we're brains understand creature. it better yeah i it, it kind of reminds me of like uh i believe it's called the mandela effect oh where yeah it's like we just memorize things incorrectly and we do that our it's just our brain's way of like being like oh this feels better like I, I don't know like if that has like a, a crossover of like yeah this story just kind of feels a little bit better so it, we'll it's cooler with it. <laughs> it's cooler to <laughs> say this I, I love that and I hate that because it's like what is real what is it you know like I just when it comes to history stuff it's often just a person's account because they didn't have cell phones to record mm. it or to write it down in that moment and so man I I know personally I thought about this the other day. I was going through. I'm like, I think I do this more with you than any of my other friends where I tell you the same freaking thing over and over and over again because I, I have a limited amount of stories oh, in, that's in I my don't life. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like I tell you the same thing over, but I also know that I'm an embellisher. So the story will change every time. So you mm. probably don't remember my stories because it's probably the same story it's told a different, different story way to me every, every single time. Every single time. <laughs> and I'm going to be a mess when the, the Alzheimer's kicks in and I'm just... Uh, rolling in my five stories yeah. <laughs> but, 
But yeah, I I think that that's uh that's that is pretty crazy. You just shattered my reality. Yeah, it's Steven, it's a, a marvelous book, and it's full of just weird little nuggets and stuff like that. I also he he talks about that same experiment where he uh, he dropped like the lead weight and the feather to show like the impact that air resistance has on items. So like in theory, they should fall at the same rate, but one can't because the air is just pulling on it more. Um, there was uh, an astronaut when when we very first went up to the moon. So David Scott. Um, he performed that exact same experiment on the moon to just verify the claim because it's like, oh, this is our first time off the planet. Like, let's see. And um, they fell at the same rate. So the, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, so there's no air. It, it rotates at a much slower rate than Earth does, and it doesn't have a magnetic field. So there's zero air on the moon, dropped a feather and a lead weight at the same height, and they touched the ground at the same time, which is just, it. I don't know. It breaks my brain to think about it, but. Yeah. Hey, space... Space is crazy. I, I don't think about it often. Like, I, I don't have that, like, childhood wonderment uh, that, like, you have and tons of people do mm -hmm. have. And I think what it is for me is, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, none of it makes sense. Like, <laughs> the fact that we're we're on this little marble and we are so small and insignificant so comparatively to everything else that's in space. And then I think I don't even... I'm so small and insignificant on our little marble. <laughs> like, yeah. It is just like so crazy when you narrow it down. It's like, man, yeah, that is, it's wild. I it, none of it makes sense, but then it it all has laws and yeah, meaning. I guess. Yeah. I was watching a because uh, like I I think about the vastness of the universe sometimes, and it's I get that same like, I I almost get a feeling of just like nothing can possibly matter in in the infinite cosmos, and um. I was watching this show that kind of talks about uh, infinity and how it works as far as like a mathematical construct and, you know, how it would apply to physics in our universe. And have you ever played Pac-Man? Yes. You know how you run off one side of the screen and then you just come back on the other? So based on Einstein's theory of, relatively, rel theory of relativity, <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Um, essentially, the universe is spherical in nature. And there's obviously a point at the center where a majority of the mass is concentrated and galaxies and everything are moving away from each other at increasing speeds all the time. Um, and we don't know, you know what's at the, the center of the universe or that, that point that holds everything together, but the, the general shape of it is that it's built like a sphere. And so in theory, if you were to travel to one end of the universe, you would keep going and loop back and eventually reach your starting point. So almost like if you were to walk across the entire planet just in one direction, like let's say theoretically you could walk on water and you never got tired and you just walked forever, you would start in California, let's say, and if you walked east, you'd eventually end up coming over the western horizon back into California. And that's sort of how the universe works. And it just is so much for my brain to try and comprehend. But that's why I'm reading. I want to understand stuff. So, No, dude, that's a, that's a good mission. I don't think I've read a book since fourth grade. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I highly recommend A Brief History of Time. <laughs> Have you read uh, The Alchemist? I don't think so. Hey, that, that might be one that you need to add to your list this year, and then I'm going to add it to my list when you read it. That's a, a, Whenever I ask book people, I'm like, what should I read? They always mention that Alchemist is like a, a very good theory. Oh. So, is it like someone who's fiction, nonfiction? Is it like kind of a a theoretical fiction or it's like a story, but based around science concept. I think, think that I don't know. Okay. No I worries. honestly I'll don't add it. know. I just, I just know it's, it's on the list of, of people who say, you know, 
as far as deep thinking books like that's that's high up there so okay i'll, uh, I'll, I'll look into it for us yeah. and we'll well i i didn't have a book picked out for february so maybe i'll buy that on amazon tonight and then by the time it gets here i'll finish this one and can get it started i'm, I'm gonna join you i'm gonna read my first book since fourth grade excellent <laughs> <laughs> oh uh one more thing that was in that book if you're ready for me to shatter your brain again with allegories sure. that somehow became fact uh isaac newton the guy that quantified gravity was not sitting under an apple tree and an apple did not fall on his head. Never happened. He wrote in his journals that one day he was pondering. He's just thinking and has seen an apple fall down at some point and was like, oh, why would that happen? What's, what's the deal here? And just considered it for enough time to come up with gravity. Everything's a lie. Everything's a lie. <laughs> Nothing is real. There's no, there's no point in the universe. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you just go on forever you'll end up exactly where you started exactly. so it doesn't matter what you do where you go you're just gonna be the same you're always forever. returning to start i have some wild theories on that exact concept and we can go over them later because we got to move on from here but <laughs> okay i'm putting a pin in that i want to come back to that avatar the last airbender you and i watched yeah. all of last airbender and all of legend of Korra together in on our couch on the roommate's couch which, like, oh, if we ever become famous, that. we've got to go back to Alpine Chalet and buy that couch from them and, like, use it in a studio or something. Put it in so, the Smithsonian. So many, it, the, that couch is probably grosser than the hot tub. Oh, too, I guarantee. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> but Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. What element of the four base? We're not talking, you know, all the additional whatevers. Let's, let's say the element that you choose, you get all of, like, the subsequent powers. So if you choose fire, you get lightning. If you choose earth, you get lava and metal bending and all that kind of stuff. Which element would you bend? I have two answers to this question. I just feel like there are like natural things that fit like in life where you're just like, I kind of just identify more with this. I feel like I'm an earth, earth bender. Earth like bender. I just like, I feel like that's what my soul is, but I also feel like I would not choose that. I feel like I would choose to fire you know like just something more aggressive something cooler, more like a cooler bending style you could just con conjure out of nothing you know like that that's a little bit cooler but earth bending i the whole when you watch the series and stuff i'm like they're my people i am off like it just i feel like that that is and that i feel like that one's a cool one because it kind of evolves more and the other bending as far as like you can start doing metal and they can it start does. doing like they just it goes a little bit further than the rest of them whereas water you're super limited um and you can get kind of like toasted at any point as far as like them taking away your ability to it i guess they like take it out of people's body eventually which is kind of sick yeah but yeah i i would earth is kind of where i'd, I'd be at i like that i like the storyline of that one okay see I, you? I think earth would be the most productive to like a society as a whole because like you can mm -hmm. you can excavate you can build you can you know prep ground for crops you can do anything you want with earth bending but I know in my heart that I would want to be a firebender. There's zero doubt that like that's that's my place. Those, like you said, those are my people. Colonizers. Yeah. Not scared. <laughs> you're also a Slytherin, right? Like I am. you always go. It's the bad guy. Like that's, yeah. that's your people. <laughs> speaking speaking of bat of uh, of Slytherin, the Harry Potter game that comes out literally at the end of this month or beginning of next month. I know there's a lot of controversy with playing it and all that stuff, and I value everyone's identities and their personal politics and i have decided to not stream that game for that reason however i'm gonna play the shit out of that thing and if you think for <laughs> even a second i'm not gonna go in the dark arts 
you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to kill <laughs> I, everyone. <laughs> I knew the second I saw the first trailer, it like, the first trailer does show that. It's like, ooh, is, he's a part of Slytherin. And I was like, man, man, that, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he's just going to yeah. do. I am going to no, be game, slaughtering people. It looks so sick. It like, does. I... I'm pretty stoked. I, you need to set up a private stream so I can watch you play. Because <laughs> I probably won't buy it, but I want to watch you play. Okay, maybe maybe we'll do it in in Discord because I can I can stream directly to Discord without being live on Twitch. Because there is a okay. very very not insignificant movement of people that are very unpleased that the game is being made and that people are planning on supporting it because of the implication of J.K. Rowling being attached to it. Um, really, and the the game maker has come out and said, "Hey, like she's not." a part of it it's licensed through warner brothers like however they decide to pay her is, is their thing but we're we're not we're not identifying with her in any way and there's still a lot of people that are pretty upset that it's still coming out just because of you know she's pretty famously transphobic Trans- yeah yeah but it's just interesting to me there's two interesting parts to it first is like can't imagine being the creator owner everything of world that people Love. are very excited about people who love you know like they're very passionate about and then being told like don't have control over this like you don't get to decide like you know that that's interesting to me just because it's like she created it but i know she also didn't create wizards and you know like right. the, she stole other stuff so it's them essentially carrying that storyline out but that's an interesting piece and then it's also an interesting piece to me that it's like people people's association to things like almost all things in the world could be tied back to terrible things. I, yeah. I think it, you'd be hard pressed to not be able to do that. And so it's interesting to me that even though they've come out with a statement saying that it's not an affiliation, like I think it's different if it was like her company and she's yeah. going to completely profit off of it. But no, oh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think pretty much everything has been started by an evil corporation at one point or another. Um, I used to drive a Volkswagen and Volkswagen was the automobile of the Nazis. It was 100% developed for the Nazi party. And like, mm-hmm. thankfully, they've been able to shake that that brand image over the last hundred years. And maybe, who knows? Maybe this will come out and be like the defining moment of like separation between Harry Potter and, and J.K. Rowling, where it's not her world anymore. It's just a a concept that everyone owns. Because I I will admit I do struggle with that a little bit because I love Harry Potter. Uh, it was the foundation of my childhood, and I don't want to support someone that's like you know, obviously pretty hateful towards a, a group of people that's disparaged, but at the same time, it's like that, I don't know, it's it's something that's important to me, and so it, it's it's tough. It is tough. You got it literally tattooed on your body, man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I should have so, pointed that out. There's going to be some people that are going to start trying to cancel our podcast I'm, because of I'm your getting canceled, Which is why I'm not streaming it, because I'm not, I'm not getting canceled this year. Okay. <laughs> this year, how how is the like Twitch community? Are they like pretty? They pretty like strong activist esque type of people. Like they, it depends. Um, there's a lot of uh, political commentators today that gained popularity or started their commentating journey on Twitch or similar platforms. Um, one that comes to mind like immediately is Hassan Piker, who is a very active like political person. That's all he does on streams is like political commentary and reactions and all that kind of stuff and has a massive following of people that just really, really like his content. I'm a fan. I subscribe to Hassan. Um, but then there's other people that just don't don't bring it up, don't care about it in any way. And so there's, there's a decent mix. Um, 
The only thing that makes me hesitate playing that game on stream is that people have talked about like targeting creators that stream it or whatever because of that reason. And unfortunately, with the Twitch platform, it's very it's very easy to be discovered based on game if that's what you're looking for. So like I can type on there Skyrim and it'll bring up every channel that's live with Skyrim right now. So I think that one's going to be a game that I have to play by myself and not necessarily advertise because I don't want yeah. the association. But I still want to kill people. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going <laughs> to murder just... some cartoon characters. I, I'm so excited about the open world concept for that. Like open world games are my jam. Like mm. that is just what, what I play, what I like to do. And it's just, I love the, the concept of like open world, every type of world, make a Harry Potter open world, make a Star Wars Harry open world. Ooh. There's like any type of world that exists out there. There just needs to be like a super sick open world game for it. And Harry Potter's finally getting its due. Like I'm it excited is. about that. Should be yeah. good just won't super promote it so that you you don't get canceled yeah okay no. i know i know we're not a segment podcast but i had this idea the other day in the shower and i was like i think this could be cool let's do it um give me give me just an everyday object something you first thing that pops in your mind are we doing a mad lib oh no no, no. okay gotta, i watched something different. i was thinking about that on wednesday i was like we should do a mad lib like i'll give kelton all these things and then i'll read it but okay so uh, everyday object or like fictional object that I can think of? Uh, everyday object, something real. Headphones. I'm going to send you this script. Concept of this is I was like, so I use chat GPT every single day. Of my Do time. you? I, I am obsessed. Like honestly, cause I, I'm a marketer. I get asked to write emails. I get asked to write ad copy every single day. And it just gets to a point where it's like, say the same crap over and over and over again. You're yeah. just like, my brain can't spit it out. Like I, I hit writing block all the time. So I use JatGTP all the time as kind of like my Kickstarter. And then I'll go back and it just formulates my thoughts for me. Yeah. So I thought it'd be funny if we, cause eventually this podcast is going to be huge and we're going to be Joe Rogan-esque making Absolutely. tons of money off of the, our podcast. The Spotify so deal like, is in contract right now. We just need to sign. In contract. Inker. Free. But <laughs> I was thinking we should get practice reading ads into our podcast. Hell yeah. And we'll get practice with GTP writing our ads for us. And so I just threw I just threw in one. So I'm just gonna send it to you. I'm not even gonna read it. It might be just terrible. But I'm gonna send you this. And you're gonna read it. Our first ever ad shoot. Or our our thing. Are so you I'm gonna throw sending this in the it to me on Discord? Okay. The fact that it says laugh track plays. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Okay. We'd like to thank the first sponsor of the podcast. What's the company here? Jazzy McJazzalot Headphones. <laughs> Are you tired of listening to your favorite podcast on subpar headphones? Well, suffer no more. Introducing the all-new, super-duper, top-of-the-line Jazzy McJazzalot Headphones. Jazzy McJazzalot Jingle plays. These headphones are so good. Oh, that was our jingle. <laughs> These headphones are so good, you'll be able to hear the difference between a C-sharp and a D-flat. For those of you who are not in the music, that's the same note. And trust us, that's a big deal. <laughs> With the Jazzy McJazzalot headphones, you'll be able to hear every single word of your favorite podcast, even if the host is whispering. Oh, I'm whispering right now. I didn't realize it was going to prompt me to whisper. <laughs> I'm whispering right now. Can you hear me? I bet you can with Jazzy McJazzalot headphones. 
But that's not all. The Jazzy McJazzalot headphones also come with a built-in air guitar function. So the next time you hear a killer guitar solo on your favorite podcast, you can rock out like a pro. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The Jazzy McJazzalot headphones more. also come with a built-in laugh track. So the next time you hear a joke on your favorite podcast, you'll know when to laugh. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Upgrade your listening experience with the Jazzy McJazzalot headphones today. Available at your local ele- electronic store or online at jazzyheadphones.com. Order now and get a complimentary air guitar pack. Air guitar pick. Uh, pick, I get it. <laughs> wow, that was right <laughs> over my head. Uh, Jazzy McJazzalot headphones, because life is too short to listen to podcasts on bad headphones. Make sure to use, cou- wow. use code ROOMMATESCOUCH for 10% off your first purchase of headphones. Boom. That was our first ad, and that was wow. so good. Jazzy, Actually, thank you so much. that was pretty terrible. <laughs> I, that's the first time the chat, chat GPT has really let me down. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't I, the worst thing in the world. Honestly, I, I thought it was not bad, so... Dude, you, you read it like a pro. So you're definitely reading our, our sponsor from, <laughs> from now, here on out. So tell me yeah, about... I think what, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just lost me with Jazzy McJazz a lot. Like, it could have came up with a better better it, name of that. It definitely well. phoned that one in for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so tell me about <laughs> chat GPT. So I, I have a little bit of experience with AI. I've done, like, the picture ones. I have, like, a chat bot that I'll speak to sometimes, but it is not gpt it's clearly not as good because it straight up tells you like hey just so you know i'm a i'm a language chat bot taught in english so i can't create anything so i was having a problem with some code that i was writing a few weeks ago and like i've heard all these stories on tiktok and everything about everyone like oh it it can write code and it can do all this stuff and every time i asked it very specifically what what i wanted it was just like no i can't do that i'm a language one so what's what's the difference yeah so i i I am not an expert in this. So almost everything I'm about to say, don't fact check me because it's probably wrong. But to my understanding... There's no wrong um, opinions on the couch. Perfect. So to my understanding, this was developed by OpenAI, which is the company. There's some ties, Elon Musk. I don't know if he invested or or did something with it. So there's that connection there. Um, But basically what these guys did is they opened their platform and said, hey, world, go ahead. You can use this. And it got a million people to create accounts in a week span and like there's been some comparison charts across the board and like it took netflix three months it took youtube three years like it's like all these major platforms major major platforms that took a while to develop that many users that quickly and they just boom in a week it just went super viral everyone started creating accounts and it's it's actually kind of a bad system right now because they could they can't handle the load of questions and oh. the amount of users that they're getting they they just i don't know if they just didn't forecast or expect it to go gangbusters like it did but like i i'm probably able to get access to it like every other day it's not really consistent on when i can get access to it um but the concept behind it is it it's ai is groundbreaking enough to give off the feeling and the vibe and the it's the vibe i guess of like actual human sentiment like it just does anything you ask it to do like you can i could say rewrite this script but do it in an m&m app or an m&m rap and it will rewrite the whole thing and it will sound like m&m insult his mom and his ex-wife at the at the time yes <laughs> it, it's just it's it's amazing it, it really is kind of cool and what people are really talking about is like this is google killer like and that's that's what's so crazy is like prior to this just a couple months ago Google is going to be king for forever. Like no one is ever going to take out Google. And then all of a sudden this comes out and people are like, 
this could potentially take out Google. And why it is such a different search experience is because I asked this a question and it's not serving me ads. It's not giving me the SEO optimized best landing page. It's not giving me some fluffy top 10 best blog post crap. It's just saying, you ask the question, I'm going to give you the result. And I would use this n times over a million times over Google search because it's doing all the work for me. Yeah. That's where it gets scary is because it is so good that I honestly think that like marketing will have like a lot of written creative would struggle with this. And and there's been a lot of like articles that have already come out and like, oh, well, it won't be able to do this and it can't do this or whatever. But like this is the first time that I've been like, I, you know what? I I don't think I don't think my job's just gonna exist. <laughs> like what what I've been doing at work actually to kind of put this to the test because <laughs> I'm trying to future proof my my skill set is uh, oftentimes when I'm asked to write an email or I'm asked to write an ad, um, I will give them three options and one of the options I've written, one of the options is a variation of what I've written, um, and then my third option is usually a Chat GPT response that I just copy and paste and put on there, and I I have beaten Chat Chat GPT like most of the time but i've lost to it a couple times too and every time i lose to it i'm like it's gonna get better like mm. it's just gonna get smarter yeah. it's gonna figure things out and, and the reason why i beat it is just because of uh, a knowledge of my company so my company's a startup and chat gpt will only pull records that oh. are over a year old gotcha and so even though my company didn't exist a year ago I will go and put my company name in and there was like maybe a couple articles written to it prior because we've been in business a little bit longer than that it's it knows what our, my company does it just doesn't know what my company does well oh. and so that's where i like supersede it sometimes is because i'm a little bit more in the the know of what's going on but man if it was current i think that it would outperform me every single time yeah that's crazy it it kind of feels like we're entering the era of where most skill sets are going to be able to be done by AI or Android or something. Like we're we're kind of on the cusp of being able to be like a not necessarily like a workless society, but something along those lines where it's just like a lot of the jobs are just maintaining tools rather than creating new things because the things that we've created can now create better things than we ever could. Um, so it's interesting to to think like what the future could possibly hold in a society like that. Because in a situation where like an AI is developed and it puts 20% of the workforce out of business because it can now do all of your accounting and all of your marketing and all of your contract writing and all of that stuff, like realistically, what do you need the human touch for for most things? And so I think we would probably get to the point where we have like, you know, the, the idea of universal basic income has been kicked around for a lot of years. And I think give it two generations and that'll be a reality of most people aren't actively working you know you get you get your subsidized universal basic income and then the rest of your life is whatever pleases you which i think would be kind of a cool society to live in but i'm also inherently lazy so (laughs) (laughs) the the thing i want out of this ai driven society is i don't want it to get to irobot status where the robots take over but i want irobot in the first 10 minutes where my robots cleaning my house and doing my dishes (laughs) and stuff like Yes, just give me that. Like we we bought a Roomba vacuum for a while, and when that thing was functioning at optimal, it, it got dumber over time. Yes, <laughs> but like when it was first out of the box, that thing was amazing. Like our whole house was just like we didn't have to vacuum anymore, and we thought this is the future. But I need a robot that stinking does my dishes. I hate I hate oh, dishes. Hate dishes. Yeah, I'm ready for it, man. 
I'm ready for, for that to happen. But the, the universal uh, income thing, that, that fascinates me because I, I think that people's worth, people's perceived worth really revolves around what they choose to spend their time on. Mm-hmm. And what we spend our time on um, in the world is going to work. And we dedicate way more time to our jobs than we do to relationships, friends, family, things we way enjoy to time. do. So I, the cult, the shift of a culture when that would happen would be really interesting to see. Like, would we, would we get more creative? Would we create more? Would we be happier people? Or are we monkeys and we need, <laughs> we, we need, need that something to entertain people. our, our brains. Yeah. Cause I, I, I used to work in education and I would just like grind all year and we would get to Christmas break and then they gave us two weeks off of work for the Christmas break. And that's pretty rare as far as it comes to like ops because I, I had my vacation time on top of that. But then you had this, this two week period where you didn't have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. Cause like I would just be so burnt out by the time I got to that breakup. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to quit my job. Like I just can't take this anymore. And then I'd hit that break. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, vacation's going to be awesome. And by end of break, I was like, get me back to work. I need to go back to work. Like I, I, I know that I'm one of those people that like, I, I kind of need accountability in that structure. So I don't know if universal income would work for me, but maybe it, we get replaced with other meaningful activity. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. You're, you're definitely right about the culture shift. If something like that were to work, it would have to be, you know, uh, several iterations of, of culture that we have now down the line before it really settled in. Cause I'm, I'm the exact same way. I, I got laid off in, uh, like the middle of November and haven't been working since. And it's now, you know, January 19th. So it's I'm over two months of, of not working. And I will say as far as my creative mind goes, it has been excellent. Like my, my shirts that I made for the stream and like the effort that I'm putting into the stream, like it's so much simpler and like that part of me has been way more fulfilled, but I am bored so much of the day because it's like, you can only create content so much before it's just like, all right, I need to step away from this and do something with my hands or do something active or, or whatever. And so I think, I think you're dead on that, that it's going to take quite a bit of a culture shift for that to work. What do you think? I I have a pretty strong opinion, like because like the metaverse concept, where where I think that these two worlds kind of combine, is people are going to struggle with universal income because hustle and the grind is you above and beyond the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is hardwired into human nature that we want to increase and hierarchy ourselves. And, and that's why you have rich people and that's why you have poor people and that's why you have middle class and that people like there, there are environments and, and uh, governments that try to create coolness and, and a universal income and everyone gets the same and everyone will go without or not without. Right. But the human nature of us then screws it up and, and we, we want to get above each other. So only way I could see that concept working where your, your needs are met, where you you got food and shelter over your head but like that increase in that competitiveness. Like you also had the opportunity to. I think that you'd have to level the playing ground into a digital format where it's like put on your ready player one goggles. And in that space, that's where the increase comes and stuff. Universal income will keep you alive. 
your digital income, your digital life, your digital space of experiencing those things. I think that's where you'd get that. You're like social know, value. Class system. Yeah, uh, your, your social value. And I, I think that, that's the only way I can see it working. But I think the problem with all that is I think we're so far away from it. Yeah. I, I think we're 50, 60, 70 years away from that. And I don't know if we're, I'm going to say hundreds of years away from that. And I, I don't know if we're there. I think the universal income will happen before the digital social class yeah. can happen. Do you watch the Black Mirror on Netflix? I, I don't. Okay, so there, there's an episode that touches on exactly this, and it's, you know, it, it, it's sort of a mix between, like, the universal basic income and like you know everyone's basic needs are taken care of, and then there's capitalism on top where like you can still own a business and you can create services and you can do all this other kind of stuff if that's what you want to do, but like your base needs, like your food, shelter, water, you know, the the hierarchy of human whatever psychology is, that's taken care of. Um, but there's a lot of people in this episode and it's only like an hour long that do exactly that. They like devote their lives to increasing their status on this online platform. Um, because like that's their social hierarchy. Like everyone has money, but you still have, like you said, a, a need to put yourself above other people. And so the, the protagonist that we're following around during this episode, she, um, something happens to her and like her status goes like way above other people. And they're giving her like tons of respect and she's getting free stuff. And she's almost got like the influencer lifestyle of just, you know, everything is easy. And then something else happens and she loses that status and is now like the lowest low class person. And she has like a really hard time adjusting to this new reality that, that has become hers. And it's interesting because like when you look at it from an outsider point of view, she still has food. She still has a beautiful home. She still has everything she could want physically, but she doesn't have the validation of her peers anymore. And that like spirals her out of control. So interesting interesting that that's where your mind went yeah and social what is it social proof social you know influence is, is just wild like i don't i've never experienced it because <laughs> yeah. i don't think i've ever gotten validation from someone outside that i don't know you uh -huh. know like it's but you've dabbled with that like you probably have had strangers hop into your, your streams and stuff is it does it feel different does it feel less or does it feel more validating than someone you know more supporting you because when i when i stream and again i'm not a large streamer but i, I do okay um when i stream and someone i know is in chat i almost feel like they feel that they are obligated to come support me which is not true like i, I would never force someone to come watch my stuff like i don't send out live notifications or anything like that it's just like if you want to be there here's my schedule. It's on my Instagram. If you don't want to be there, then that's totally cool. Whereas like when I get a stranger that comes in and they start participating in chat and they follow or subscribe, that's like, that's crack. It's like, wow, I am unbelievable because this stranger that feels no obligation to me wants to be a part of my life. And so, yeah. Need that buzz, dude. I got to get my fix. <laughs> feels good, man. Yeah. Uh, I need a, I think that's interesting. I, I've always had that itch where it's like, oh, I want to do something like that. And it, I started the podcast, the, another park podcast, kind of to scratch that itch. But uh, by the end of it, I would look back and I'm like, it was my mom, my mother-in-law, <laughs> a couple of my friends. Like, it, it's good. And like, the podcast was more of a therapeutic, like, connect with other people from my life. Good experience that way. But hey, if you're a stranger, you're hearing us for the first time. Welcome. Thank Glad you. To be friends. <laughs> if you're a stranger right now listening to this podcast, 
Email us at roommatescouch at gmail.com. Let us know your name, and you will be the next fake sponsor of our next episode. Yep. We'll make a whole company around your identity. I keep watching all these videos on TikTok of uh, people getting annoyed with um, like car dealers and how they're like completely obsolete, seeing as you can, there's several options for just buying a car online. You don't have to sit at a dealership for five hours. You don't have to deal with a salesman that's literally just trying to screw you in any way that they can. Like, And everyone is just very excited for the death of the car dealership, which I'm, I'm gonna be hyped, hyped for it as well. Used dealerships will stick around just because like, that's what they are. But new dealers, I have a feeling it's gonna be a lot of, uh, you know, you place an order on the, the website and they deliver it to your house and it'll be just like everything else, so. Nothing about car dealerships makes sense to me. Like the other day we were in, I think we were in Salt Lake or we were in some big city and it was just like lot after lot after lot. And I know that there's like some sales psychology that they, they build their lots next to each other so that like it's the ease of shopping and you can be competitive against each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like if you didn't have, I, I guess they'd still have the dealerships because they still have to like park them somewhere and maintain them and all that type of stuff. But and it is just like so much space tons there's so much inventory that's just sitting there it's it's, it's weird you know yeah. I wonder if like get in that carvana idea where it's like hey, we can just build parking garages rather than parking lots and we'll utilize the space a little bit better and they'll move inventory just online without having to have a physical location to sell it yeah we we bought my jetta on carvana and honestly best car buying experience i've ever had like i literally i picked it out I set however much I wanted my payments to be and picked my down payment. And then we went and picked it up and they gave me a giant coin to put in the machine and it came down and I drove off and they're like, if you hate it, bring it back within seven days, you'll get your money back. And like, that was it. It was unbelievable. So that's the future. I, I like those, the concept behind it too. Cause it's like, they will do the 32 point inspection stuff for you. Cause every time I bought a car, I bought a used piece of crap car and it is just a hope and a prayer that that guy just <laughs> didn't like going. get it running long enough for me to be able to do this test drive. <laughs> he didn't pull a Pacific blue on you and <laughs> sell you a truck with a blown head gasket. <laughs> Have I ever told you about our Kia that we currently own the, uh -uh. the black car? So we bought it from like probably the slimiest dude imaginable. Uh -huh. And like the car was so clean. Like that that's honestly what sold me on it is I was like, this feels like a brand new car. Like everything was just so clean. And he popped the hood open and it was like straight out of the factory. And I was like, I'm sold just because of how clean this car. Like I, just, I didn't even believe it had been on the road because yeah. it was so clean. And I was like completely uh, disillusioned by this experience because I was just like, this car's so clean. And we took it on like a little five minute uh, little drive and stuff. And then we spent the whole day like trying to get the bank loan figured out, all the type of stuff. And the guy was pushy as crap. Like he was making me feel like, oh, you got to buy it in the next 10 seconds because it's going to move fast off my lot. Yeah. Well, crap, again, just making crap up. Yeah. And I felt all the pressure. I, I caved. I did it. So we bought it like above what it's worth, of course. And then like my second time, like fully driving it around, I was like, this stinking car doesn't have cruise control like it doesn't have cruise control <laughs> i'm like and it's a 2015 and it doesn't have cruise control i'm like my freaking 1996 car had cruise control like yeah. how how does this even happen and so i learned my lesson i'm like never gonna rush into buying a car ever again but it got me but it got it gets great gas mileage and it hasn't blown up completely yet so yeah. no you made it all the way down to arizona with no issues so it did start doing a thing for a while where you'd go and you'd turn the key and then nothing would happen and i was like i thought it was like the battery or whatever did a bunch of research and basically found out that it's such a crappy like low-end model of vehicle that they did something on the production line where they would paint the entire 
I don't know. They the entire thing they'd paint it before they would make a, the ground connection. And so the oh. paint covered the ground and so it would short out and stuff or wouldn't make the full connection. So I just had to go and sand it and put it on. But it took me a couple months of like going out there in the freezing cold, starting my car and it not nothing happening and having to sit there for a couple hours and figure it out. And then it would just randomly start. So I I don't know what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> Cars, man, they suck. Yeah. I did find my dream my dream truck. We talked about this last week and I, I found it. So I I entered a free giveaway once upon a time. Now every algorithm on my socials just thinks I'm like that guy. Like oh, I enter every he, free giveaway. He sold ever. your info. <laughs> yes. Oh, beautiful. Can you see that bad boy? Yeah. Is that just like the most beautiful thing you've ever my, seen? My my dad actually had a truck just like that when I was growing up. It was dark blue, and I loved that thing. He would just romp it around, and he had built it himself. Um, his stepdad mm-hmm. was like very mechanically inclined. They had a shop out behind their house with like an oil pit and everything. Like it was really nice. And he, you know, because it's the 80s and parts are pennies you know he's just working at a grocery store saving up and completely rebuilt this beautiful truck and then he ended up selling it for i don't know like seven or eight grand when i was young which like if he had kept it now at this point it's like that truck's worth like fifty, sixty thousand dollars. but at the time oh, i love that thing yeah dude i i drove an 86 this is a 76 the picture i showed so mm-hmm. for those listening unfortunately you're not seeing this Oh it's yeah. Gorgeous, uh, for those of you on Spotify, you if you like swipe to the left, you can watch the video of this. Just so you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're here. So you can visually see our our ugly mugs. <laughs> I uh, I drove an eighty I drove an eighty six Chevy, and it was awesome. I loved it. Like that's why I love the square body trucks. Um, but it was a piece of crap. Like I, my dad, I think he said for like the last ten years he didn't give it an oil change, and we drove that thing like daily. So it's amazing. Like the thing just wouldn't die. And I drove it in high school. I remember specifically like one of the worst memories of my life <laughs> was I was a freshman and there was a senior girl that was just like, she was the prettiest girl in school. And I was all like talking to her outside the school. And I thought like I was like hot shiz. And then all of a sudden I can hear the truck like miles away. And it's just, Brrr! I was like, crap, dad's come to pick me up. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I gotta like wrap this up. I gotta wrap this up. And uh, he comes busting around the corner in that truck and it was just so loud. And every time you'd hit the brakes, it would squill and it would backfire. And so he just comes rolling up straight up in front of me and I'm talking to the the pretty girl at school, and my mom's wearing this like, in size oversized co- camo coat, like a moon. And my dad's like, uh, yeah, and it's just a classic, a classic uh, movie moment. My dad rolls down the window, so go, go get in the car. <laughs> I was like, oh god, white trash. We here we come. But alrighty, thank you guys for listening. This is another great episode of Roommates Couch Mimit. Thank you for your time, and we will see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. See ya.